everybody. This is Sabrina Patricia. This is Kareem. And we are Vitamin P.O.C. We're a podcast that talks about mental health and the expressive arts therapies brought to you by expressive arts therapy students. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Hello. It's been a long time. It's been a very long time. This is our fourth episode um, in eight months. <laughs> First episode of 2020. Happy yeah, it is. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year. Last time you spoke to us, we were in Sabrina's house for Thanksgiving. Yes. And it is January. So, uh. <laughs> and we were giving thanks, uh, talking about what we were thankful for, and yeah. capping a bit on the real history of Thanksgiving. Very real, very complex, very long history of yeah. Thanksgiving. Yes. We're not going to get into it. Nope. Go listen to that episode. Of absolutely. Yeah. And you it's, know what? After Thanksgiving, finals happen. And then after finals, y'all went home. Went home. So you know what? As college students, this is our timeline. So hello again. Yes. <laughs> I think we already did told our audience that we're always busy. So to not expect um, a weekly podcast. So um, what have y'all been up to since Thanksgiving? Hopefully <laughs> you're still in the <laughs> Remember yeah. who we are. <laughs> Our 13 listeners. Uh, <laughs> we had 30 something. Yeah, we did actually. Yeah. Okay, maybe we just like a little recap on who we are. 10 second thing. Like, hi, I'm Kareen. I'm a music therapist here at Leslie University. I'm Asian American. Uh, I put hip hop in the center of my practice. And this break, I just hung out in Boston. I've been all right. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any New Year's resolutions really for 2020 for the new decade. I've had a New Year like vibe though, mm. like a New Year theme. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Mm-hmm. So like no like one resolution, but my New Year's theme is finesse. Ooh, yeah. Uh, well, I just kind of feel like I go hard on a lot of things, and like I have a lot of energy, and it it um, blows like it feels really intense and all over the place a lot so uh my goal uh was to kind of just like approach things with a more finesse point of view an approach that's like a little bit more researched or like a little more finesse like a little more thoughtful Mm -hmm. um and more like intentional in how i approach conversation uh projects etc uh, instead of just like going hard at it. Yeah. So uh, my goals, I guess, is to just like take a step back, really think about stuff, synthesize it uh, through a critical lens, but also like a me lens, like where I'm coming from, and then like find a way to get through to people. Um, I feel like that also takes a lot of knowing who you are and knowing what mm-hmm. your point of view is. So it's kind of just like like synthesizing and then like, like having an outcome that is just a little bit more refined, yeah. a little more finessed, and not just like go hard to the paint and then like get your ACL torn like D Rose, you know, like MVP first year. And then I know y'all don't know this reference, but yeah, there you go. Okay, so yeah, no resolutions per se, but um, just like a theme. What about you, Sabrina? How was your break? How are you? Okay. How's life? I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to remind you of all who I am, too. So yeah. I'm a dance therapy, dance movement therapy uh, graduate student here at Leslie. And I also did not really go into this year with resolutions. I didn't really feel like it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just felt, in the moment, it felt fake, like this whole 
I don't know, I'm going to make resolutions for myself, blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, I just didn't feel like it this year. But I also feel like I did go in with, like, an energy shift mm. and a vibe and a change and all of that. And maybe the word for mine is presence, which sounds super cliche. Um, <laughs> but, no, but honestly, I feel like I... I need to also get a little more grounded in who I am and stop focusing so much on, I don't know, what's to come, what was, and just be present with my life. And I feel like I'm, that's a place I can draw a lot of strength from and take a lot of risks from. And that's kind of a goal for me mm -hmm. this year mm -hmm. is to, to take more risks, take on more leadership roles and be more present and more out of my head. Yeah. yeah. That's also very hard. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. And also a lot of intentionality. But that's always a theme. Mm -hmm. That was a theme last year. It's going to remain a theme. Yeah. It's a theme of life. For sure. Yeah. What about you, Patrika? Yeah. Real quick, I just wanted to kind of comment on, like, when you said about being present. And I just, I think about people that are activists, and they're really, like, going for these type of causes. And sometimes it can get really, they get really much into what can happen in the future. Like, climate change, climate change. It's like, I need to yeah. hold on. I'm here right now. Let's 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 check it on my own self. So that is very valid because I started the year with like a two-week depression about climate change. One of my <sighs> occasional dips related to climate change, where I get into a lot of despair. Mm -hmm. And presence is again, yeah, something that grounds me. Um, it's not something I forget. It's just more like, well, I have to act with what I can do about it now and still be happy and live my life and mm -hmm. not not let time and periods of my life pass me without like enjoying them while they're there sure you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah thank you yeah. <laughs> hey y'all I'm Patrika I'm a dance movement therapist as well um I am an African-American and yeah I guess for this year I don't really have much to say on my whole new year's resolution I guess it's just been since I came to grad school really stay focused on my studies, um, mm -hmm. just kind of more of a reminder mm -hmm. this year, like, okay, 2020, do the same thing, but even go harder, be more intentional. I really, like, yes, absolutely. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just be more intentional and just really focus on my studies and try to enjoy life because mm -hmm. it can, you can really get into yourself, really into your own head and forcing yourself to kind of, like, be what the what the school kind of wants to be, like African-American. I don't want to focus all my energy on like studies and research and presentations on what it means to be an African-American. Yep. It's more to me than just my um, labeled identity. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's what's up. I love this because I feel like instead of doing resolutions, we listed intentions. Yeah. Which is more like they, it keeps going painful, for sure. More internal. Yeah, that's. I was actually gonna comment on the same thing. How we have three words that like presence, finesse, and ten intentionality. Nope, intentionality. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're ongoing. Exactly right. All right. Um, but they're all like things that uh, we recognize that we can work on, continue to work on, right. even after 2020, even after 2021, even after grad school. Like remaining present is still like a thing that we can work on in different parts of our lives. Like being finessed in different aspects of your, our lives is something that's a continual growth. Mm -hmm. Like being intentional is never gonna just stop after you graduate, right? Like it's something that like becomes a part of who you are mm -hmm. as a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking about, we actually last year at your house uh. did these intentions after the new year. Oh, yeah. And you went into a lot of details about the difference between like intentions versus goals. Mm-hmm. And resolutions mm-hmm. feel more like goals. goals. And that feels more yeah. capitalist. It's it like, does, dude. Reach it and you, you reach the goal versus like intentionality. It's like you keep going. There you go. It's ongoing. Exactly. Intentionality is like a continual journey and work mm-hmm. yourself, which I like better than. Me too. Like, there's there's some things that, like, should be a goal, right? Like, yeah. for example, Patrika and I work for the Office of Community Service, and uh, one of the things that I'm doing this year that Patrika did last year was alternative spring break. And so for that, what we do is that during spring break week here at Leslie, a, lot of, uh, a bunch of undergraduate students and... Um, this year will be me and our uh, office coordinator are going to be going to Maine to do community service there uh, for a full week. And so for that, we needed to raise money and we're still raising money. So like a goal of raising $2,000 or whatever, like you need a goal, right? Whereas like the intention of helping out other communities is like always going to be there. But you're all, you you know what I mean? Like, yes. yes. Speaking of community, <laughs> we're going to shift and we're going to focus on a question that we're each going to answer, but we want you to think about as well. Yes, listener. Um, yeah, we encourage you to journal about it or reflect on it, whatever you want to do. Artistic representation. <laughs> oh, that's right. You want to sing about it, you want to write poetry about it, dance to it, whatever you want. And we'll feature you on our Instagram. Oh, hey. yeah, you can totally send us. Our listeners are our friends, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you can send it to us or vitaminpoc at gmail.com or mm. vitaminpoc handle on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, it's a little harder to like take your material and then post it. That's true. It doesn't really let you save it. So if you want to get it posted, email it to us. Yes. If you want to be professional. If you want to just be our friends, which we know you are, text it to us and explain why you're sending it. Gmail.com. We will feel really official if you email it to us. Please. For real. So that question today is, what does community mean to you? Mm -hmm. Who should start? Whenever I think of community, I kind of think of a lot of different examples of communities. I've Mm -hmm. never really kind of honed in on a specific, like, definition. Um, But I know, I think of the word commonality when I think of community. And that can be in terms of interests, that can be in terms of um, ethnicity, race, experience, just really commonality Mm -hmm. in terms of community. And I and I'm also not all. I'm not even thinking of it as like a positive thing, like a, a really ideal community. It's just community in general, like a group of people um, sharing a common fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally feel that. Like sharing a common fill in the blank. Um, <laughs> because my definition of community, I was really thinking about this, and every um, definition that. I could think of, I always had something to counter it that was like, except for, mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. but I mean, in this case, it's different. So, my final official definition of a community is... Or what it means to you. What it means to me, personally, Kareem, Mina, is the people you fuck with. Oh. Yeah. I like people, that. The people you fuck with. Fuck with. Yes. <laughs> 
And let me explain yes. first. <laughs> yeah. When I hear this. <laughs> yeah, so I think, me personally, what matters more is you can't have a community by yourself. Yeah, mm. I agree. You can be part of different communities uh, because of your demographics, right? Like, I am a queer person. I am Filipino-American. I'm an immigrant. I was also born a female. Uh, and I am a musician. Like, there's so many different things about me, but I'm not necessarily part of all of those, co- or feel like I'm part of those communities because mm-hmm. I don't participate in them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the definition, the people you fuck with <laughs> is, uh-huh. like, you have to be active in those spaces that right. you do are part of, or that you are part of. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Um, another part of this question that I thought about was the difference between community and culture and how you can totally fake culture, mm-hmm. but you can't fake a community mm-hmm. because you have to show up for the community. It's like more than one person. It's a group of people doing a thing. Whereas with a culture, you can completely like fake being in that without actually having to be in it. You know, Right. There's like an example, expectation of support in community. I would say, yeah, an expectation of um, taking from the word, like, a, like what Patricia said, commonality, mm-hmm. and also, like, communing, mm-hmm. like, coming together, like, fucking with people, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, okay, an example of this happened recently uh, on the internet, where, um, so there was this white girl who was interviewing Kendrick Lamar for a... Oh. Uh, yeah, it was it was a um a, like a YouTube channel about mm-hmm. hip hop culture, right? And um, he walked out of the interview because she didn't know the show Martin. Now, hmm. I could understand like if like if you grew up not in that era. For those who don't know, Martin is like one of the most popular black shows of all time. It was around like the late 80s and the 90s, featuring Martin Lawrence, who is a still working actor right now. Hilarious. Like I remember when the original Bad Boys came out with him and Will Smith, it was kind of a big deal because it was like the first um, big blockbuster hit that had like two black male leads who were like, they were part of the police department, but they were like good guys. Mm-hmm. They weren't like labeled as like the bad guys or the right, evil guys yeah. or whatever. So mm-hmm. like, to know the show Martin, first of all, is a generational thing because, you know, uh, this girl was probably in her, like, either late teens or early 20s, so she wasn't born or wasn't around the time that Martin was on TV. Right. But second of all, I mean, Kendrick Lamar is, what, like, 30? So um, his community growing up would have watched the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how is somebody who is the... I guess, like, the host of a show about hip-hop culture not know about the show Martin. Mm-hmm. It's because what hip-hop culture has become now is pop culture. And hip-hop has become the... It's not even, like, a, a side genre anymore. It's, like, what is on the, the radio. It's what is, con- like, the mainstream right now mm-hmm. is hip-hop. So you can, like, listen to that and still not be part of hip-hop, the hip-hop community, you know? Mm-hmm. I always think about that. Like, Kendrick Lamar walking out of an interview, I feel like there's, like, three things why he would ever do that. It's, like, one, like, someone was, like, being, like, completely racist. 
two, like he wasn't feeling the vibe, and like three, like someone didn't know who Martin was. <laughs> and like that is a difference. I don't know. Like, like like that's one of the differences between like being part of a community that like would I don't know just know certain things versus like. I don't know where I'm yeah. going with this. I no, I mean, I mean it makes also. sense. Absolutely. Like, there is there is certain things that kind of come along with certain references that she probably would have never gotten. But also, like, I do think it's that big generation thing that you're talking about, mm-hmm. too. And you said that this she, she like, ran a hip-hop culture show. She's that, the host of a hip-hop culture, sh- a show about hip-hop culture. Yeah. I don't want to put them on blast because I don't you think don't they're have bad, to. you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So I'm not going to like put their name out there, but the show is, like, it features younger rappers. It features, like, up-and-coming rappers. Like, like on her Instagram, let's say, like, she uh, has a lot of captions that are, like, like rap one-liners. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, she's not horrible. She's not like, a bad person or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But and she's not, like, super problematic or anything like that either. But the fact that you have somebody that is maybe part of the hip-hop like culture she listens to hip-hop she knows about hip-hop because it's what is in the mainstream right now because also we'll get a little bit into this i feel like um right now it's what's selling a lot and like because we live in a capitalist community Mm -hmm. um different parts of the music industry and the mainstream have found how hip-hop can be completely profitable you know, right. I'm pretty sure that like Versace didn't make their clothing for black people in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But because like Migos have blown up to be one of the most profitable groups um, and, and one of the most um, uh, successful groups in the 2000s, like they're they're wearing Versace. Every, they have a song about it with Drake. You know what I mean? And like Versace isn't like mad about it their their brand is everywhere Mm -hmm. your brand is on like all the famous hip-hop rappers right now Mm -hmm. Um, but the difference between like growing up in a culture right now where hip-hop is the mainstream versus being like a black person in the community in the 80s or the 90s or having parents that watched it like pass that shit down to you or even like like watching network television like with your friends who might be brown or black watching Martin and because those references that he would say and the way that he would talk and the clothing that they would wear and the things that they would do that they would do um is part of being in the black community of the 80s and the 90s mm-hmm. like it's you can't fake that you know what I mean like that's an actual experience that's an actual thing that happened within those communities that doesn't necessarily have to exist for those that exist in hip-hop culture right now mm-hmm. Yeah, what's coming through for me in this story is kind of like that in a sense, in community, there needs to be a sense of like, you understand me. Yeah. And you, you're part of my community. You understand what I've been through, what I've grown up with. And maybe that was a moment, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know Kendrick Lamar right, personally, yeah. but maybe that was a moment where it was like, you don't know anything about like this, like right. this community. Like almost like, where's your cred now? Like where's your where, where where's your cred? How do I believe that you know what you're doing, being a host of this show if you don't even know who Marvin is? Yeah, and I, honestly, and I sorry, I'm bringing springing back real quick, just thinking about like this whole idea of like this generational thing too, because uh-huh. there are. Uh-huh. I just imagine him going in there and like 
even if it was like a black host that was a part of the show, the fact that you don't know who Martin is means that you don't like know a, a lot about maybe his inspirations or sure. around why he the way why he raps or why he sings or um, stuff like that. So. Um, and I was, as y'all were talking, I was kind of thinking about it in terms of like, okay, this was a white person that obviously, that Martin was like a cue. It was like, oh, maybe she doesn't really know what she's doing. But I think like, I wonder if it was a black person because there are kids that, that are around her age that also don't know that are black. So I wonder if he would have also kind of walked out of there or he would have sat there and said, come on, this is your culture. Um, so I think a lot of things do come into play with that, too. Because it's like, mm -hmm. why would he walk out? Oh, okay. Because, like, that's kind of a cue, like, oh, maybe she doesn't really know. Maybe she's kind of, like, what's it called? Like, love the culture, but, like, not really immersed in the culture, if that makes sense. Um, but just in due for time, let's kind of go on to Sabrina. What is your, what does community mean to you? So community is something that is really important to me and has been really important to me in my life. So I actually wrote something, uh, a definition of what community means for me. Uh, so community to me is a feeling produced by an experience and perception of support, connection, and belonging amongst a group of people, small or big. When I feel community, I feel whole. I feel like my life is kind of perfect in that moment and I feel really fulfilled. And even if I've I know I'm aware that I'm lacking something. If I feel a sense of community, I don't really feel like a yearning for that thing that I'm lacking. And community kind of holds everything that I want out of life. And for me, it's in relation to mental health, tying this back to that, it's one of like the greatest despairs in my life that I feel community is kind of elusive and it's harder and harder to find, I feel like, as I get older and like we get more immersed in the mm -hmm. capitalist system. Uh, with like increasing responsibilities, expectations, inability to care for yourself and others, all that kind of thing. Um, and I think of it as a basic human emotional need. And I think we increasingly live in like a modern uh, capitalist world that is moving us toward isolation and away from community, which is kind of a dark ending to my definition. <laughs> um, but I really do feel like it's, it's where we thrive mm -hmm. as human beings. Even if you're a person who likes a lot of solitude, I still think that like everybody, every human being needs a sense of community. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be constant, and I don't think there's any way it could be constant. Yeah. But I feel like it's something that I'm constantly searching for in my life. And when I have it, I just I feel so good. Mm -hmm. I feel like my best. Yeah. What kind of communities are you like talking about? Like when you say that you feel your best. What communities do you belong to mm -hmm. that make you feel that way? Because I view it as an experience um, and a feeling, I kind of think back to like moments, or I think back to I think to, of friendships that I have, and and moments where I feel like I'm able to really enjoy those friendships and spend time with them and be a human being, not doing with my friends. I love that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Going back to your fucking intention. <laughs> okay. Back to my intention. Yeah. <laughs> and I can also think of uh, camps that I've worked in, social justice camps that I've worked in where for a week, life is really geared towards building that sense of community where we're going through difficult things together and we're also playing together mm -hmm. and making music or art or whatever together. And I feel like that's where human beings become the best versions of themselves, where they feel really like supported, accepted, belong, 
all of that and I've I don't know I just I feel like those are oh I I've, when I went to Cuba I felt it and I met my family for the first time and they just like received me with so much warmth it's part of the reason I've like tried to live outside of the United States in multiple points in my life because I feel like in the places I've lived outside of the U.S. it's been easier to find community mm-hmm. there seems to be more space and more value placed on community and so I feel like it's more accessible than it is here so while it is attached to my identities in certain ways it's also not at all yeah 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 for sure here's a good question what communities do you do people think that you might be part of oh like stereotypically because of my identity what yeah like what communities like like from an outsider's point of view would be like oh particularly part of these communities Mm. But then what also communities do you do feel a part of? Yeah, Yeah. let me see if I can answer this question. So in terms of communities that if you look at me and know a little bit about my background, I would say, first and foremost, the black community. And for someone that doesn't know, just like black community, because all black people are the same. Um, I'm a woman, so a part of this like a part of this community of women. Whenever you would see, like maybe women's rights groups, that might be something I'm of interest in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a grad student, so maybe a, the community that I formed here, mm-hmm. and of course my family because I have a big family. So usually, what happens in black big families like we stick together. Communities that I'm actually a part of, and I do feel that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Uh, for one, it's my family. My mom kind of instilled that in us. There's six of us sisters, and like instilling that every time we would fight. Yeah, it's a lot of us. <laughs> uh, just gonna so throw much. that in there. Six yeah. sisters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're like, like right in the middle too, right? Like. Oh um, no, I'm the second to last. So oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, a lot of fights, a lot of age differences, a lot of generational gaps. But at the end of the day, like I, it was instilled in my family that no matter what we stick together. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of something that I'm realizing that every um, family group has, no. especially if you are an only child mm-hmm. or um, you are adopted into a family or just even, or even if you're in a big family, you feel like you don't belong. There are um, even cultural differences in that too. Cause in Hispanic communities, it's common that like family is first, family is most important. And it would take a lot for somebody in the Hispanic community to feel like it's okay to like cut off their family you know mm-hmm. like that's I think culturally like you bear a lot more before you would make that decision because it's such a big value in the Hispanic community yeah and I, I also think it comes with this idea of like this individual perspective and this collective perspective and we kind of talk a lot about this in in school mm-hmm. this idea that America and capitalism it kind of comes from this perspective of you have to work hard by yourself fend for yourself to get to where you need to be if you want to be successful you need to work hard and even sometimes push people out the way to get to where you want to go mm-hmm. but in this idea of like this collective perspective it's like I'm only as good as my my community mm-hmm. or my family or my village mm-hmm. that's if, if I'm rich we're all rich that idea. So, like, I definitely have that coming from my family, going out to the groups, like my, um, these two right here, Sabrina Crane, like, this is really my, one of the communities I do feel a sense of belonging. And I think, too, this idea of community, 
a group of people that you can maybe even be your most vulnerable self in. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know what? I feel comfortable yeah. feeling being as corny as I want to yeah. or being as lame as I want to or shedding those layers being in some, you know, some cases as disgusting as I want to. Like not having to oh, hold yeah. my farts or like eat and gorge my face with food and knowing that my people won't judge me for it. They'll actually yeah. like accept me for who I am. Um, and that kind of brings out a lot of healing aspects of what community can bring to people. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about in terms of like ideal communities and like what we want community to be for us, because there are communities, they do more harm than good. Yeah. We can name a bunch, but. <laughs> something you said also um, resonated with me or made me think of something about having these different community values at home versus outside the home, which I think is really common mm-hmm. if you're not white mm-hmm. in this country, if you're a person of color. And just, like, the tension that can create with your community at home mm-hmm. or your community outside the home. For sure. Just interesting. Can you give us, like, a brief example of that? I can, actually. Go. Yeah. Uh, talking about the Filipino community and the values that... Okay, so go up, like, rewinding a little bit. Um, I'm 100% Filipino. I was born in the Philippines when I was four came to America, I would not even America, but like my dad was in the Navy, so I grew up like in American bases, even if it wasn't in America. So I grew up with an American perspective in school, et cetera, mm-hmm. all this shit. And it wasn't until later in life that like I was trying to reclaim my Filipino-ness again because I realized that like the white gays, G-A-Z-E, not like white gays, like the white gay people, right? So <laughs> Well, so the white gays, not the white homosexuals, the gays, were no. like, like overtook my mind. <laughs> it was I, it was uh, it wasn't until later that I realized like, how fucked up white supremacy, like the ideals of white supremacy, had been entrenched into my brain, and what success really meant. Mm. Uh, because because of the history of the Philippines. All the colonialism and uh, United States being a huge military and cultural influence to the Philippines, white was right. <laughs> that mm-hmm. sounds so fucked up, but like it is actually as racist as it sounds. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I always think of the TV show One Tree Hill mm-hmm. and like how that perspective of America was kind of like what a lot of Filipinos thought America was like, you right. know, like, just like Chad Michael Murphy, mm-hmm. like, on a hill, being happy, doing shit, like, you know what I mean? And it was, <laughs> you know, it's not until later you realize how many problems America really had. Um, but to kind of answer the question about, like, family perspective versus... Outside the home Outside the home community. I was not exposed to the LGBTQ community until way after leaving my household. There was no representation of what that was because of my tradition, um, the values that my family had. And I think it had more to do with religion than it really had to do with Filipino culture. But the values of gender, too. Males are men who are masculine, and females are girls and women Mm -hmm. who are feminine. And I feel like growing up and see, watching Filipino shows and stuff, like someone who was trans was more accepted or somebody who was gay and embodied the stereotypes of the other gender 
were more accepted than somebody who was gender non-binary mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. someone who was non-conforming. Right. So, for example, a man who was gay made sense if he was feminine. But mm-hmm. a man who's gay who's still very masculine, it doesn't compute. Right. So, yeah. for me, it was like, I had no gay community. I mean, I was closeted, so like, why would that even be a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, how how would my parents know mm-hmm. that I might like have some um, urge, or it, it could be a value to even be part of some queer community at all? So that was, I think, part of it. But another part of it is just for my own safety, like not reaching out to those like wanting so bad to be part of those communities Mm -hmm. but not like making it known that I needed something and this is like the most salient uh, uh, example for me because when I turned 18 and 19 and I was able to drive I would leave the suburbs of Chicago like leave everything that I knew leave my family and as soon as I got down uh, in my car driving down like 95 into the city into like Boys Town, into like the areas where it was gay. There were like rainbow flags and fucking like the rainbow sidewalks and like every like like men holding hands together, like women kissing out in public. It was like, oh shit, like this is the community that I belong in, that I think that I belong in, you know? Because it was just something that like I never had firsthand in my life before, ever. Um, and it wasn't until later that I realized that, like, hey, not everyone in the LGBTQ community is, like, part of your community. Right. As, right? As well, yeah. Right. So, um, and I think it might just be part of growing up, like, wanting to reconnect with my parents. And, like, I don't think they did a bad job of raising me at all. But I definitely know that the values that were instilled in me that I kept were the ones that make me who I am today. And there were a lot of values that I definitely had to like take out of my body, right. and, like take out of my brain and just burn them and say goodbye forever mm-hmm. uh, because they went 100% against everything who I am and mm-hmm. who, who my identity is. So it's like, am I part of the Filipino community? Like, sure, I'm Filipino, mm-hmm. you know? Um, when I'm around my Filipino friends, like I do feel a sense of ease. Uh, we do speak the language, even if it's not fluently. Like there are certain experiences that I know that they've had as a, as Filipino Americans that like I can relate to, and we don't have to explain to each other. Right. Great. But if it's not the Filipino queer community or like my friends here in Boston, there's a disconnect because we're not the same. Right. <laughs> we're just, like, really not the same. Like, I'm still the black sheep in my family. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I would still feel awkward going to the Philippines. And being born a girl, people calling me by uh, uh, female pronouns, and I'm not out to my parents as gender non-binary. Like, they finally accept me for being gay. Like, it's going to take a lot more conversations and time for them, I think, before I even come out with like gender neutral mm-hmm. uh, pronouns, my grandparents still, you know, like there's just still so much that like, in order to keep the peace, I kind of feel like I can't bring that part of myself to my family in the Philippines mm-hmm. without a strong community there. And I'm not part of that community. So right. it's very weird. Um, 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting that all like the different ways we can think about community, like communities that we choose, communities that we're kind of part of, but we feel the opposite of community in. Yeah, exactly. Communities that are like heavily attached to our identities, communities that are not necessarily like attached to really aspects of our identities, but right. attached to others. Let me ask y'all this, like as three people from different places, Miami, Chicago and New Orleans, um, but three people who are also from different places like Latin America, the Philippines, and Africa, right? Like roots, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Like way back then. Does is Cambridge the place that we're in the most mm-hmm. right now? Is Cambridge your community? No. I would say for what is in Cambridge, yes. Because y'all are Fair. in Cambridge yeah. in terms of my grad school. But okay. if y'all weren't here, then now. Yes. Yeah. That's another thing, too. Community is often, to me, not a place. It's, like, the people. So, in a sense, like, I'm definitely attached to people in Cambridge, like, you two. And mm-hmm. and the accessibility of, like, dance studios here and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where I can, like, practice things that kind of give me that sense of community with people. But the place itself and, like, the surroundings and maybe, like, the strangers that I see, I don't necessarily feel in community with. Not to say that I'm not, like, happy here or anything or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But it's trickier for me, yeah, when it comes to thinking of a place as Mm -hmm. feeling community. Yeah. Like, do y'all feel community... um, in the cities that y'all grew up in, like the neighborhoods that y'all grew up in, does that feel like community right now that you don't live there anymore? Mm, I think because um, with my family, we like move different places. The neighborhood isn't, but the fam- where my families are and have always been, like in New Orleans, a lot of my family is on the West Bank. So I would go within that communities because there's family there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But because I and, and I know you probably have, maybe um, Kareen could feel this way too. Like whenever I would like go to a new place, it's like, okay, I have to form this new community. But like when I leave here, I like grab or like I would kind of hold a few people there. So mm-hmm. I would have a sense within people versus like a group of people. It can even be one person um, that I would have. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a really complex relationship with Miami, especially when it comes to a sense of community. I have my family there and some childhood friends there that I, I feel like in very strong community with, but Miami is a place that I can't stay in for very long because I get depressed because I feel like I there's no sense of community. Okay. Mm. Which is interesting too, because when I leave, I miss it and I, I miss like aspects that feel like a part of the community for me there. So it's a really strange relationship that I have to it. I've just come to accept that it's a great place for me to visit. It's not a place I can live because I feel that void of community. Like, it's not there. And that might be a cultural thing in Miami. I'm not really sure. I mean, when I think of Miami, like, I just think of, like, Will Smith's, like, Miami music video. (laughs) Which is, like, the 90s Miami. The 90s, Miami, like, Miami. But also, like, okay, like... Like the DJ Khaled Miami. That's a more modern Miami. Right. Miami is a new city, so it's it's been changing very rapidly over the last 10, maybe 15 years or more. Mm-hmm. But 
when I grew up there, for example, there wasn't a lot of like accessible cultural quote unquote act- activities. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, you had fun by like walking around the mall or going <laughs> to the beach or finding a kayak and getting on it or finding golf carts astray that were somehow <laughs> turned on and drove and you just drive away on them. I don't know, random things like that. You did that? Yeah. <laughs> so in the Midwest, we did try to tip cows. Amazing. Oh, wow. Which is a stereotype that people have of the Midwest. That is true, though. Mm-hmm. Like, not everyone did that, but... Right. Yeah. It's, all, it's just flat there. What yeah, it's flat in Miami, too. It's flat in New Orleans. Shit. We just have some flat places. Flatlands galore. Flatlands community. Yeah, no, flatlands. I guess, like, tying this into expressive art therapy. Yeah, we should. Right. Um, y'all feel part of the dance movement therapy community. I guess, what does that mean? What is the DMT community? What is the expressive art community? Is there an expressive art community? Mm. I would say, mm, this is one that's pretty tricky. Yeah, I would say like, yes, there is a supposed sense of community. Um, I I would say, (laughs) in in certain instances, I guess what I'm finding out, because I am working on this other project where we're trying to, uh, well, we're actually accomplishing interviewing different dance movement therapists of color, because their their voices and their history and their accomplishments in the dance therapy field also needs to be highlighted and also needs to be in our history books. That's our main goal here. Yeah. But um, within that, I do feel a lot of support from the dance therapy community, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And also, like with, with the conferences too. Like I haven't been to a conference, but people that come back from the dance therapy conferences conferences, I think they do have a sense of community in that they share that experience of going and learning okay. this thing. and connecting with the other dance therapists out in the field. Um, I do see in our specific grad program, we're creating our own sense of community. And a lot of of what I'm finding, a lot of the era we're in right now is social justice oriented. So like, I feel connections with other expressive arts therapy students and and people that are in the field within that. I don't know if that's how y'all are feeling, but like, because we're all kind of in this, like we need to make this more equal for everyone, more accessible for different communities of people. And like, even that like um, stance or just like working towards that as a goal, like I'm finding that type of community because we're all sharing that same interest and um, mm-hmm. intention. Yeah. 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 What about you, Sabrina? <clears throat> I... I think I have definitely at times experienced a sense of community amongst my cohort. I don't know that I don't think of it as a consistent feeling depending to like on who I'm thinking about with you all it's of course consistent uh, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily a, an ex- experience amongst the cohort you know it's like mm-hmm. with certain pockets of people which I think is really natural. Yeah. I do mm-hmm. experience that sense of community. What I do appreciate is I do feel like I I get to interact a lot with people of other uh, concentrations, like sure. expressive arts, music, drama, whatever. And I appreciate that about Leslie, where I, mm-hmm. I feel like even though we are sectioned off and we could probably do a better job of being brought together more, we are at least a, a lot more than other programs from what my sense was brought together like that was one of the main selling points for me to come for coming here was that I felt like I was going to be in classes with people of other 
concentrations, like not just dance movement therapy. But to be honest, what I'm more interested in thinking of is I think we we all did a really good job of explaining like how, from our own personal perspectives, how complex community is and mm. our relations to that word and that experience mm. and those bodies of communities in our lives are. I'm curious about like how does this field support that as a mental health issue? Especially when we're thinking of we're living in a world where we don't grow up and stay in the same place. Like a lot of people leave, they leave home. They, right. Communities are shifting like more than ever and coming into contact with each other more than ever. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like we live in this increasingly capitalist world. And so mm-hmm. there's like this increasing sense of isolation amongst us as well, at least from like my personal experience. Yeah. So I want to, I want to think about like, how does our field, how is our field going to step up to that? and support that yeah do you have any thoughts yeah i think that is an excellent question yeah uh so to answer your question i don't think that our field does support that (laughs) (laughs) i don't think our field supports a sense of community yeah well and i think a lot of so, so okay backtracking capitalism does not support a sense of community Right, it's all about individualism. It's all about individualism, and I think a big part of that is because it's about competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a scarcity model. Scarcity? Scarcity, scarcity model, Scar- absolutely. Scarcity model. Got it. Scarcity. Scarcity model. We I have problems hear you. sometimes, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> Please. I can so, barely pronounce words. That's what I'm so, <laughs> um, based on the scarcity model of us competing against each other, that there's only one or two spots at the top of some shit, like, I don't believe in that, but that's the world that we live in. And um, it's also hoarding mentality. Hoard that, your millions. Yeah. Exactly. Hoard yeah. It. yeah. Yes. Um, I think part of therapy for some people who f- don't feel like they're part of something, right, in this world um, has to go a little bit with existential therapy in the sense that you have to create your own purpose and create your own happiness. You don't go looking for it in this world because you will come up empty-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, that's the philosophy that I kind of agree with. Like, you you create your own purpose. Like, find a reason to live, pretty much. Right. I feel like that's really hard to do alone, you know? Um, does music therapy, like, help create a sense of community within the world so that, like, you feel like you're part of something? I don't I think they try. I mean, I think in the therapies, an essential part of it is having a comprehensive understanding of the community, Mm -hmm. of the person that you are working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do think there are human truths that might be true for a lot of people, but those truths might change from community to community. And without having like a comprehensive understanding of what that is, it's really hard to find treatment, right? And a big part of that is representation of people in that community. Yeah. Because experiencing it yourself is different than reading from it in a book. And because music therapy is literally 86% white and uh, mostly female, the experience part of it is just harder to come by if you're working with communities that need the therapy the most, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, what do you think? Like, is mental health set up for community 
Because the only ways that I think of community in mental health is like AA meetings, NA meetings, places where like people have group therapy because they have the same trauma or have gone through the same experience and are able to like help each other because that's what they need. Like that's like, it fits the objective of like reaching their goal of like either not being addicted anymore or like getting over their traumas. Like, right. That feels like one of the only ways that our field like is specifically geared toward like community support. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Pachika? Um, yeah, I would say in terms of mental health, I have heard, like with, with people that kind of struggle, like for instance, um, I'm not entirely sure of the name of the organization, but there was someone that was um, struggling and eventually um, was a recovering alcoholic, and then he went to Colorado and actually for, uh, formed this community of bikers and people that are um, as well in recovery, or what is it called? Um, Real, no, uh whenever they're recovering alcoholics. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sober. Um, They actually form this bike community where they they just go biking and they uh, rock climb and bowl. And that was like a community that formed with just one person that was actually a recovering recovering from that um, condition. So I would say uh, I do see and I do hear about people that have been through that experience form their own communities in terms of like what us as like their therapists going in and helping people kind of and the way y'all talk about community too I just kept thinking sense it's a sense community feels when I hear y'all talk about like it's a sense of something right and like just the idea of like community community being implemented in these structures that we're talking about in music therapy like what are y'all doing in y'all plans targeted for this 2020 year that brings together a sense of community for the patients and clients that y'all work for and with your own organization is, is that even a goal or an intention y'all have in terms of um your event or uh, strategy planning is that even right that's there? what i'm getting at that's what i feel like we yeah. need but we don't have in a lot of settings because it's very it's very like it's very Eurocentric. It's very like specifically North American centric. Like this idea of mental health, a lot of the studies, a lot of the research does come out of this North American white specifically population. So like that's what they're going with. That's what they've uh, found that works and they've written books about. That's great. That's the starting point. But like we have to talk about more of like not just this idea of being very individualistic and our approach to it and that's what's missing it's like you want to go into this these certain communities you want to bring in people of color into your grad programs but you haven't done the work yourself mm-hmm. like how do you how do you truly know what it means to be a collectivist or have this perspective mm-hmm. like have have you experienced it like are you an only child that have never experienced this community until you went to college that's one perspective but that's not like a lot of us mm-hmm. and i would say for me in terms of what mental health can do to kind of help form this sense of community having that implemented and having that practice to where the clients can feel yes, community can actually work for me. So let me find, or let me even for myself have the motivation because like a client can be depressed right. or um, a client can have any type of um, ability or disability where they can't, uh, they're very socially anxious and, and that will prevent them from creating this as a community right. yeah. or, or, or anything like that. So how can within them, 
how can they feel this as a community and sense like, you know what, this is actually healing for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe this will motivate me to actually reach out and find the sense of community. Maybe there is one out there. What, what resources do I have? That can also fall upon like, what, what, what do we know about the general area as therapists that work in that area that right. can help them find their sense of community? So right. I would say for me and for just like what something that mental health field can do is like, let's start really talking more about like, what are these aspects of this collectivist perspective that can help us towards these goals of becoming more inclusive yeah. and and like you said egalitarian I can never say that word egalitarian <laughs> um, egalitarian and equal and, and, and everyone can benefit from mental health not just what has been historically researched the population's specifically white Eurocentric men but white white people like they, they have their shit there like they have a lot of and it's still ongoing but like what else yeah and i i almost think that we should end there in a in a way and then go on to like our little week not weekly uh every three months yeah. <laughs> talk about self-care but yeah. talk about community care today but uh i love what you were saying patrika and I also think, like, we encourage our listeners to send us some other stuff before. Send us if you have ideas of, like, what collectivist values and ideas have given you mm-hmm. that sense of community and made you feel supported at points in your life where you really, really needed that support. Mm-hmm. And share it with us. Email us. Send us messages on Vitamin POC on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. My community care, I think, is pretty small this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just keeping myself in touch with the communities that matter to me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. being aware of if I'm starting to isolate and trying to make sure I'm I'm giving to those communities that I know feed me in important ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would think my community care... Um, is right now family oriented. I have a sister that's going through a big transition in mm-hmm. her life, so I want to make sure, even though I'm far away from her, you know, in New Orleans right now, I want to make sure I'm just still checking up on her and see if she needs anything. Because while she's there with my family, um, it's good to have an outside perspective, but still understand kind of what she's going, what's going on. So I think for me, it's right now a little more specific and focused. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, I kind of feel like my community care this week is self-care. Okay. (laughs) Because I kind of feel like I need to, like, take a step back and just, like, not be a fucking dick, man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling a certain way. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, man, like, to, like, you know, that whole thing, like, you can't help somebody else until you like help yourself you can't like love right, somebody like you else can't until you uh give yourself. from an empty cup or whatever so, yeah yeah like if, some, if a plane's going down and the oxygen mask comes down <laughs> put your oxygen mask on first right, whatever yeah. i just need to breathe into my oxygen mask a little bit good know? yeah because i kind of feel like i like have a lot of oxygen masks to like help like fasten the 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 tie around mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. but like uh right now it's and yeah, I need to focus on uh, um, getting my head straight a little bit before going into our second semester of this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of this this time. Yeah, I feel like the break honestly was way too long for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't travel. I was just here in Boston. So like, oh wow. 
it was a lot and like I worked yeah I worked through it yeah but like I, I just need a little more structure because I'm going mm-hmm. a little bit nuts <laughs> no I get it <laughs> I'm starting to kind of be like a little cynical, right? And just like, like, like my depression like has turned into anger, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, just, yeah, I think I kind of need a little community care myself. Yeah, <laughs> I need, I'm the receiver this time. Good to know. <laughs> I will be sending you some community care. We got you. We got you. And also the change of seasons. I think like oh, because yes. it's also getting colder. I don't know. If this happens to you but like no, checking in yourself about <laughs> yes. yeah when it gets colder and you yes. know what it is I realized too like I don't know if it's it's the cold so much as the lack of sunlight yeah I think but, it's yeah. the freaking darkness of the winter mm-hmm. like Mm. Damn. Were you outside yeah. today at like noon? Yes. Wasn't it beautiful? Yes. See, I don't care really? if it's cold. If I have the sun fucking it's not shining yet. in my yeah. face. It's not like, even that cold. It was like if 45 degrees. That's fine. Outside. Or even 30 degrees. It's like, I can open my coat. Yes. Okay, I can do today. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was saying, yeah, like also just he said, I'm just kind of reminding you, like it also could be about. It also could just be like a nature thing, like outside in the world. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's raining, or it's gloomy, or it's just cold. Mm-hmm. Affects mood. Sure. Affects mood. So on that note, yeah. <laughs> stay warm, stay in community, and also open take care window. of yourself. Yes. And open your window when that sun is shining. Go get some. Yes. <laughs> yes. When that sun is shining, go, go get, get some. some. Go, go get some. Just go get some. When that sun is shining, go get some. Go get some. Period. Like, yeah. Interpret how you want. Okay. Interpret how you want. <laughs> when the sun is shining, go get some. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I really like. That. <laughs> I don't know, but maybe we should call this episode When the Sun is Shining, Go Get Some. I, I kind of do like that. I've got but go sunshine. get some in your community. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Tie it in. Thank you so much for listening, y'all. Our next episode will be sometime in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will yeah as you know there's not really a strict schedule with us because we're really busy but we're like a present we just kind of come when we come (laughs) yeah that's not what she said we do tend to come around the holidays so we're kind of like the present (laughs) we're like like a present we appear when it's a a nice surprise when we come it's a (laughs) oh my god um (laughs) it's a nice surprise when we Arrive. Arrive. <laughs> uh, well, it's nice when our Instagram pops up in your feed. Yes. Yeah. There we go. And our next topic, yes. we say this, will be about, about relationships. Relationships. Because we have talked about community, but now let's talk about relationships. Yeah. We feel like that's the next step. Yeah. It is. It makes sense. Right. That's cool. So uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end of this podcast. Yay! You're a star. Yes. So this is Sabrina. This is Patrika. And we are Vitamin P.O.C. Vitamin P.O.C.